0: Support for this episode comes from SAS. SAS is going all in on AI to help the world get more done with data. See for yourself in Las Vegas, April 16th to 19th at SAS Innovate, the data and AI experience for everyone and every role, from top executives to data scientists, engineers, analysts, and more. I'll be there leading a panel discussion about the importance of responsible AI. It's just one of the many sessions that will highlight the massive potential of AI. Visit innovate.sas.com and use the code CARA to save $100 on registration. I'll see you there.
1: Support for Pivot comes from Clavio. There are plenty of AI tools out there to help your marketing strategy, but you'd be hard-pressed to find one built like Clavio. Clavio AI guides you with predictive insights so you can more accurately see what your customers want and when they want it. It uses both real-time and historical data and can make it all make sense for you. That way, you can say goodbye to tedious tasks and work smarter. You can join brands including Everyman Jack, who've optimized their marketing strategy and driven more revenue with Clavio AI. Klaviyo powers smarter digital relationships. Visit klaviyo.com vox to learn more. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash vox.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
1: And I'm Scott Galloway, the co-star of a new commercial on the Hallmark Channel, where I am making out with <laughs> Kara Swisher, which is so offensive on so many <laughs> levels. Kara, tell us about your oh, tweet storm and how you made that lovely tweet Kansas storm. company shame. Listen to
0: me. Listen to me. Yeah. The Hallmark Channel, which is already upsetting enough to have to watch those shows that they put on there, which is fine. Look, they're very heartwarming. Hugely successful. Of unlikely romance. It is. It is. I get it. I get the whole thing. But they have these, they have ads on there and there was a Zola ad which helps you do weddings. Um right. It's it App that helps you do weddings or whatever. And it showed, they had a bunch of different ads, but it shows how your wedding was better through Zola. And one of them was two brides uh, kissing. That was not the focus of it. They were talking about the stupid Zola ad in the middle of their ceremony. Yeah. And it just infuriated me because I had just had dinner with my son and explaining what was it like, you know, 20, 30 years ago when I got married last time. I mean, I just, I mean, when I, it was crazy that it was this topic. And it was just, you know, he was sort of incredulous that all the different things that went on and how discriminatory it was and how terrible it was. And then literally I get up And look at my phone, and there was this one million moms had had pressured the channel to take down this ad, which is just a dopey ad, by the way. Let me just say, it wasn't like, I'm like, yay, a a dopey lesbian wedding ad. But So I started tweeting. I got Sleeping Giants involved. I got all my famous Twitter friends involved. But a lot of people pushed uh, Ellen, all kinds of uh, the gays. Uh, Pete Buttigieg went in there, uh, uh, complained about it. Um, but uh, but this group had just a small amount of people, you know, twenty five thousand signatures. I could have gotten two hundred fifty thousand, um, and pressured them, and so they took it down. And so uh, you know, after the the reaction, which was in crazy, which was great, uh, they they shifted, and the CEO um, shifted back yeah. uh, to to. to it was just, it was literally as if it was. I, I had just been talking to my kid about it, and it was 20 years ago, suddenly, that they were arguing over a, a silly ad. And I, I don't know, that just was really disconcerting.
1: disconcerting. So I, I was upset because I've spent so much money on Zola. Oh, wait, no, that's Zola. Yeah. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but first off, Hallmark is a uh, Hallmark. I mean, I'm not, as you can imagine, I don't watch a lot That's of Hallmark cool. channel. Um, but right. Hallmark is a wonderful company. If you go to Kansas, they're a hugely, the. I think it's still family owned. They're hugely, they're great. Yeah, Crown Media. Yeah, family, they're like really yeah. good, decent people. And I feel like I don't want to say this is my win, but they did something dumb. It was just, first off, a million moms is. It's it's difficult when companies do dumb things like this. What's what's really upsetting is when they're economically stupid. So they responded to a group called A Million Moms, and I got curious. So I went to their Twitter page or their Twitter account, yeah. and there's 4,200 people following them. So they're not A Million Moms. They're slightly over 4,000 yeah. moms, meaning that they're right. not only giving in to weirdos or people who are, who are homophobic, they're giving in to people that just don't matter, which is really weird that a company would be shamed by uh, 4,200 moms. I do like the fact, I do think they owned it. I liked his press release. He said, we made a mistake. We feel stupid about this. And we're, I mean, let's be honest. You, Pete Buttigieg, and Ellen show up, whatever you want, someone's going to nod their head. (laughs) They're going to go, we don't know what we did. We're wrong and we'll fix it.
0: It's just like I just brought up such memories. i I had just been talking to my son about this and and the issues and things that, and I'd be like, no, they would do this, they would do this. You couldn't do this. And why didn't he was asking me why I didn't do certain things in life? And I was like, I do. I wanted to join the military, by the way. Couldn't. You did. Because uh, I wasn't, I was out and I couldn't do that at the time. And so I was like, you, you just couldn't do these things. They would never depict. And we had been talking about this amazing book called uh, The Celluloid Closet, which I recommend everybody see. Yeah. Uh, the, get the book or see the documentary. It's Vito Russo. Lily Tomlin uh, narrates this amazing documentary about uh, depictions of gay people in media. It's such a powerful reminder. Like basically, lesbians always committed suicide. Gra- try the dark-haired lesbian always tried to grab right, the blonde lady and yeah. then get that has to die. Um, and then the the si- either the silly gay man or the conniving gay man, and it just it goes on and on, and it it just really does make you understand where these images come from and why have people have feelings and how powerful. Media is, and what's astonishing about it, and I will stop my rant, is is that this this was pre Hayes Code. A lot of Hollywood was really tolerant and really interesting, and all kinds of depictions. And the very first image ever recorded uh, in a film was two men dancing, which is it's beautifully depicted in this movie. And they weren't gay necessarily, but it was just a beautiful image. You know what I mean? Of, it was just lovely yeah. when you go and watch it. And so it's just sort. You're sort of like you understand. When I showed my mom, who gave me a really hard time for being gay initially, um, and every now and then pops off with something kooky, um, when she saw, I made her see that movie, and she re- she was a big movie goer and everything else. And she, when she saw it, she was, like, I really do understand how I got this way. Like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it, propaganda has so much uh, power on people, especially media propaganda.
1: Anyway, thank you. But I don't, what I mean. doesn't get enough attention, Kara, is all the things that straight white men weren't allowed to do. True story. I used to go dancing. <laughs> no, no, no. I used to go dancing with my gay friend. You don't know this, but my <laughs> best man got my children, two different guys, uh, yeah. both gay, which makes me, of course, very sensitive to all subjects. But we used to go dancing, and they told me as a straight white male, I was not allowed to ha- dance with my hands above my shoulders.
0: Well, and yes. I think that's okay, unfair. Let's I it think that's to unfair. <laughs> I, I would not want to see you dancing with a pack of gay men. I got to tell you, tell they tell should you, keep you out of the club. Ichabod that's all Crane
1: having an epileptic seizure. Yeah. Boom, that's the big dog on the dance oh floor. Oh my
0: God, if Donna Summer came on and you started dancing, I don't know what I would have to do. I just. Yeah. <laughs> <even> no, but. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, you're laughing a little too hard at that image.
0: Um, well, I just saw it. I just saw you in like an oomph oomph bar, like in the Castro, and I'd be, I'm sure you'd be very popular among the young men there. But listen to me. This, you're right. This guy did the right you thing. He they did it, it very quickly. It. They. They responded. Uh, you know, it's just the fact that this is happening now. It's like, are you kidding? And by the way, by the way, the ad is so ridiculous, too. It's like yeah, so it's harmless. And so, you know, I know they don't think it's harmless because these one million moms are, are you know, they, they it sounds like the Hayes Code people. And the Hayes Code, for those people who don't know, was a code that they imposed on the movie industry that just killed creativity whatsoever. And it was all kinds of rules around how men and women had to behave and what depictions they could have about immorality and just these lectures of immorality. Morality, just, I'm just, that's enough of that. Anyway, let's get to the big story.
1: To your your point, though, I don't think people of a younger generation, specifically our kids, just remember, uh, they just don't appreciate how far we've come. The world is an entirely different place. Entirely. And it was It was awful. It was was awful. It was awful. Um, it was awful. The way it impacted my life, I obviously didn't, I, w- I, I I. didn't understand and I couldn't fully empathize with the discrimination that was going on. But I had close friends who were closeted gays who both passed away from HIV. And it's, it was just, yeah. uh, it, it, people don't realize, they just don't realize we, we were in the midst of a plague and all these like, all these you know, not just young men, but just people were were contracting this disease that had such terrible shame around yep. it. In the wealthiest country in the world, we had a president who wouldn't use the word. And mm-hmm. this wasn't that long president ago. President
0: Reagan. It wasn't no, that long wasn't. ago.
1: And it was just That was
0: a shameful period of presentation. It really Reagan's was. Period. It was it's it was, a stain. was shameful
1: I think it's a stain on the whole country that we I mean, the good news is we got after it and some incredible scientists let the kind of the warm hand of science catch yes. a lot of people. A couple of yeah, my it friends are literally alive because of the cocktail. Um, and it
0: looks like they have found cures in a way, getting close to the cure, which is amazing. Um, yeah. One of the things that's really, you have to keep in mind, is these things can go back. These things can go back. They can always go back. Look at what's happened, so with, we have Look at
1: to, what happened with our president. Yeah.
0: So anyway, let's get to another big story, not even slightly related. Uh, yeah. China and the U.S. agreed to phase one trade deal. It's so confusing uh, because, and so business doesn't know how to react because they don't know what it is, but both China and the United States pulled back on expected Tariffs over the weekend. They keep threatening these tariffs. Uh, China was expected to implement a series of taxes, would have affected everything. The fifteen percent tariff would, uh, on our side, would have affected Apple's products that are manufactured in China but sold in the United States. Uh, part of the deal is that China will buy more U.S. agriculture, which apparently they were buying before, so it's not much different. So it looks like, and it's confusing to business. So the stock market doesn't know how to react. But you know, t- big tech and farmers, uh, you know, benefited even though they had what they had before. So it's going nowhere essentially. So, you know, I don't it's it's fascinating what this is going on, but there is this is just seems to be a lot of noise back and forth.
1: Yeah, this is this is a page out of big tech where you make it so confusing as a means of delay and obfuscation and the negotiations mm-hmm. here are basically an attempt to wallpaper over what was an incredibly overdue Um, Correct conversation around uh, the imbalance and and terrible trade practices of China that was an opportunity that was entirely squandered. We are going to end up – any hard analysis by any economist, I believe, is going to show that we ended up in the same or worse place we were before we started doing this. And the reality is you don't go to war without allies. And if we had gone to war Mm -hmm. with the Chinese or against the Chinese with our brothers and sisters in Europe – we would have had the mm-hmm. leverage to get something done, even even negotiating yep. with a a nation that thinks in ten and twenty year increments. What all this is is simple market manipulation by a president who is trying to juice the markets, time them such that he can be reelected. This is yep. it, 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 he's been threatening to solve the problem whenever he wants the markets to go up to take credit for it. It's the worst, most ham handed form of market manipulation. And you watch, it, this wasn't. We, we didn't accomplish jack shit here. This was the worst right. fought war yeah. in the world. It was clumsy. It was stupid. And to do it without allies has just resulted in a total waste of time.
0: Yeah. And then they, of course, announced this week, I mean, he's trying to show a lot of stuff ahead of the impeachment. He's trying to show a lot of, and they did pass some things, I mean, the, the paid leave for federal workers and things like that. But it is a marketing event, like really. They could they could The issue is they could pass a lot of this bipartisan stuff easily. Um, if they want to, the stuff that especially matters. and yeah. uh, and they and they, they you're right. It's, we're exactly where we were, and tech remains you know, never under threat whatsoever uh, and and has pushed really hard and sort of kissed up to him so that he would do it. but it doesn't even matter. there wasn't any you're right. it wasn't gonna happen without all the allies. and it was the imp- impulse was the correct impulse to deal with this issue. Uh, but just it's just it and now it looks like we dealt with it, but we didn't. it's just papering over bullshit, really. So, there we have it. And speaking of that, papering a bullshit, it was the anniversary of the the Sandy Hook shooting uh, over the weekend, that horrible, uh, terrible shooting of all those children, and um, And last week, there was also another anti-Semitic shooting in New Jersey. Um, And, of course, Trump, who had said he was going to do something about it, obviously didn't do anything about it. But we should talk a little bit about gun tech. There was a very good story in The New York Times this week about uh, ghost guns, people buying ghost guns online. Essentially, do-it-yourself guns. You buy it, you assemble it, and you don't need to get it registered. There's no serial numbers. This is an online kind of thing, but even though it's an actually analog thing, there's also obviously the idea that you could print guns. There's gun tech, and there's all kinds of things in gun tech that you could actually use to stop people from uh, being able to use them uh, very well. But none of it's taken off. Um, so, do you have any thoughts? I mean, it's just a, it's like, and then again, we don't have any gun legislation, uh, which I think is as as these technologies get worse and worse, we have no legislation to deal with guns as they are now in an analog form.
1: Guns is one of those, you know, it's that that's that. Uh I don't know if it was the Stalin quote, one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a, t- a statistic. You know, the way to yeah. best describe guns in the U.S. is it's a statistic because there's just so many, you know, we have more gun deaths than Japan, Canada, the U.K., and, you know, four other leading, you know, Western nations combined. It's just, and what's what's always been strange for me is I'm bad with equipment and clumsy, so I have never had any desire to have guns around me or for the appeal of protection or them as a sport, I've just never Mm -hmm. related to it. And I've always found it sort of weird that, and I think one of the things that damages our public discourse and our, our decisions is that macho kind of always gets an advantage. And every Democrat who has the testicles to come out against guns or for gun regulation immediately starts with, well, I'm a gun owner and I love to go to the shooting range and I love to hunt. There are a lot of us out there who, quite frankly, and I think this is going to happen. You know how there are tax havens right now where people move to a state because of low taxes? If there was a city or a municipality, and to a certain extent Manhattan is like this, that made it just exceptionally difficult for people to own guns, I would consider moving there. Because all I know as someone who follows, who, who has an appreciation for data, is the moment there are more guns around, my kids are more likely to kill themselves. I'm more likely to get killed by my spouse. You're more likely to be shot in a home invasion because you think you're in a Western movie and sit there and try and pull out a gun and then the person with the gun kills you. I just see absolutely no benefit for a huge segment of the population. I understand Second Amendment rights, but it, it just always seems strange to me that there isn't more opportunities from a marketplace to say, all right, move here. Detroit wants to rejuvenate. They say, We're going to yeah. make it a gun-free zone. And move to Detroit. Oh. If you would just rather not be around guns.
0: That is one crazy idea, but I kind of think that's fascinating.
1: Well, don't See, you think we could have, it that, would rejuvenate a that's city? That's essential.
0: Well, it's interesting because a lot of cities already have very strict gun right. control laws like San right. Francisco does. And so there, there are places like that. It's like that with, you know, if you think about it across a broad spectrum of things, live here and don't get beaten up for being gay. Live here and don't get, you know, don't. That's but right. It, it, nonetheless, I think there, there are these national laws that don't that don't pass. And, and this gun tech, I really did have a lot of hope around gun tech that you, only one person could, yeah. uh, could operate you, yeah. a gun. It has not taken off. Yeah. It has absolutely not taken off. And it's, I'm just, I'm not really clear. And, and, and instead, as is most things with tech, is that the really crappy ways to use the tech have taken off, like these do-it-yourself guns that are available online or these online marketplaces. It's facilitated the sale, just the same that it's done with child porn or anything else. It, it, tech has facilitated it and made it a bigger business. And that's that's what's disconcerting, is that, that, that in a lot of ways, tech could really help here. In, in, it, but it doesn't seem to, there's no startup that's, there's a big player manufacturing these kind of things. And, you know, I think very much like opiates, someday there will be these lawsuits that will put the gun industry out of business um, in the same way the opiate they're moving that or cigarettes were and then opiates right now and I think eventually uh, this will get to that point but not today
1: and not by the way Donald time. Trump
0: not yeah. for a long time and so this this image of Americans like this is really you're right it's just really it, it's it, especially when you see every single st- Every single poll is everybody thinks something should be done about this, and it just doesn't. It just doesn't over and over again. So it's it's quite a uh, it's it's an astonishingly depressing thing. We're talking about so many big social issues, say guns and gays and all kinds there you of go. things. Scott,
1: no, it's the only the, the only industry that's more protected legislatively than big tech is the is the gun lobby. And the scary thing about these ghost guns is about a third. Of guns recovered by law enforcement are these ghost guns, and you, and basically a ghost gun cannot yep. be traced. And so one of the no. one of the ways we solve crimes and we solve murders is that we can we can trace a bullet, we can trace a crime to a specific gun, and then hopefully to its most recent owner. And ghost guns, obviously, are cleaner. And you can imagine that organized crime loves ghost guns. So this is yeah, this is a dangerous technology. Not only, not only is it disappointing that we don't have some sort of biometric advances such that only one person can be locked into that gun, and that's the only person that can fire that. That would be obvious in terms of innovation. But we're also taking a giant step backwards by not being able to track you know, a gun, you're going to see, uh, I mean, this has got to be organized crime's favorite 3D printing, right? This is just yep. absolutely yep. the way to make a gun that can't be traced. Anyways, it's disappointing, yeah. and it continues to be disappointing. And we, we so far, there's really, I mean, one of the reasons I do love Mayor Bloomberg, I think he's taken a, a pretty, pretty aggressive stance on this. He's not afraid of the gun he lobby. Has. He's put a lot of money behind um, gun control initiatives. And, you know, at some point, it'll be time. Um, anyways, well, you we'll know. Say.
0: You know what's interesting is if he is if he gets some traction. I, I don't know where he is on the traction meter right now, but uh, which you can we can go into. Um, but uh, it seems like that he, this is an area he could really shine in. I think once someone breaks through on this, I think everyone will go, "Oh yes, I, I feel." You know what I mean? Despite the gun lobby, and I don't, I, I really don't think there is vocal. I think there's a lot of people who, especially after all these shootings, are just tired of what's happening here and and want just the most, not even the most minimal, like really serious gun regulation in terms of, of of background checks and things that are normally here we are like screaming and yelling about uber background checks on drivers or this and that and this like a basic thing like background checks is so controversial it's just it's it boggles the mind that that that's the case um, it, it, when we demand safety everywhere else which is an interesting question um, of where it goes anyway we'll very see. serious topics we'll see Scott, we're very serious today. You're we in St. Barth. So we should be I talking about Saint that Barth. yacht.
1: The dog is eating <laughs> <He should. laughs> foie gras and having champagne sprayed on him. It Did is. you see that
0: yacht? Speaking of technology, we'll get, we're going to take a break in a minute, but there was a video that's viral right now on the Internet, some rich guy's yacht. It was oh, it used to be owned by that Russian billionaire, but then it's owned by another billionaire. Right. It went jamming into right near you, St. Martin's, into like a harbor, one of these mega yachts. I didn't see that. It just, it wrecked this whatever these houses that like watch get let these yachts mega yachts come in and just wrecked it and everyone's watching it's a great bit vid- it's a great viral video it's really bad it must be hard there with all the mega yachts and stuff do you have a mega yacht scott would you no, ever no. own one of those
1: no i don't i get no? i get wildly seasick i don't like boats
0: have you been on them have you been on one
1: uh, I I've have been on. Been on I've, I have ended up on some some mega yachts. I'm not a boat person. I'm not a yacht guy. But no, I don't. That's not. That's not how the dog rolls. The dog likes to be. The dog likes to be on terra firma. I don't, or whatever you call it. I I don't. I'm I was not on a boat one guy. of those. You like it? You I, enjoy don't them. You I don't no, get him. no, I did them? not.
0: I don't get it. I don't yeah, get I don't it. Get like, it I, I was on a very wealthy person's boat, and it was enormous. And yeah. I just, it was like a little city. And I found it sad. I don't know how else to put it. It was very sad.
1: I'm not sure they're sad. I'm not sure the word people sad. would use on mega yachts. Is sad. And sad. Yeah. I found
0: it Yeah, lo- I know I know I understand it's for safety and this thing, but I thought, Oh, this could be easily taken over. I just it just was not Jesus. how I would want to live my life on my yeah. mega yacht going.
1: Yeah, from place the, to place. the ointment for their sadness is a bunch of hot Russian models and people <laughs> serving them foie gras all day. So don't feel don't cry uh, for me Argentina. I think all they're right, doing you're just in fine. Saint fine. All
0: right, we're gonna take a quick break now and you're from Saint Bars. Just take a moment to have some foie gras and we'll be back after this.
1: Support for Pivot comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software, including Jira, Confluence, and Trello, help power the collaboration for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR, and legal, can stay connected and moving together as one towards shared, company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Support for Pivot comes from Clavio. When you're marketing your business, there's a ton of data to keep track of and you need the right tool to help you make sense of it all. For that, you might want Clavio in your arsenal. Klaviyo helps brands get smarter with their marketing. Their AI is built differently than anyone else. It combines a ton of real-time and historical customer data points for you in full detail and makes sense of it all for you. It guides you with predictive analytics so when you use Clavio AI, you get smarter insights without all the heavy lifting. You can more accurately see what your customers want and when they want it. You can work smarter and be more confident in your decision making. You can join brands who've optimized their marketing strategy with Clavio AI, including, for example, men's personal care brand Everyman Jack. They've used Clavio's AI-powered predictive analytics to generate personalized predictions about each of their subscribers. That, in turn, helped them deliver top-notch customer experiences and drive more revenue. Clavio powers smarter digital relationships. Visit com slash vox to learn more. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash vox.
0: Welcome back to Pivot. Let's take a listener question. Uh, today's question comes from a listener, Andrew Hines. Uh, Here's what he wants to know. Rebecca, can you read the question? Currently, the NFL brings in around $3 billion a year from Fox, NBC, and CBS for the TV rights for games. Those contracts expire at the end of 2022. It seems so clear to me that Amazon will swoop in and buy the rights to host every one of those games. Thoughts? Well, this is a big topic. This has been yeah. debated before with Google and Facebook and others. Where are we on this? It went back and forth and back and forth. Back in 2017 at the Code Conference, uh, Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, said Netflix hadn't entered into sports because he doesn't think streaming had much to add to the medium because games are not something you can go back and rewatch on demand. So, so you know, will he change his mind or, or will someone else like Amazon, Google, Google um, slash YouTube, Facebook even get in here?
1: Oh, yeah. So every year I make a series of predictions. And in 2017, I predicted that Amazon would buy the rights to the Super Bowl. And I got it wrong. It hasn't hasn't happened yet. But effectively, it's interesting what Reed Reed Hastings said, because he saw an opportunity around original scripted television as at HBO that without commercials, we can add a lot of value. But to a certain extent, the commercials are almost accretive with sports because they're Nike ads, and sports attract such a broad range of demographics that it, it, they get reach. They're one of the few mediums that still gets massive reach that people still endure the ads so they can make a lot of money. So essentially, sports are not as monetizable or not a, as accretive to shareholders and the consumer experience. Let's explain that for demand. people
0: who don't know the word creative. It's like your gestalt word. G- explain what that means. It's
1: what insecure professors throw out to, to, to mean value add. It's it's basically okay. my way of trying to pretend I'm smarter than I am. So it, it, there's no value add. In other words, a, script, a scripted television series on Netflix without commercials adds a lot of value to the consumer because the consumer doesn't want to be interrupted by ads for opioid-induced constipation. Whereas if you're watching the Super Bowl... It's it's a three hour long journey. You don't mind ads as much. The ads are generally have hot good hot people with no shirts drinking beer and have Nike ads which are fun to watch. And they can get so much money for those ads because those products have a difficult time finding any medium with that type of reach uh, that they pay so much. So it's difficult. In other words, the TV is kind of the last place where it really leverages commercials around sports, and so it's hard for them to justify the kind of payments. The, the kind of the kind of investment they would need to capture sports. And to a certain extent, broadcast television has said, like the Americans have said to the Japanese and the Germans, you come after our pickup trucks, so it's gonna be war. The broadcast yeah. television has basically said sports is our last stand. That is our last stand. We are we are going big on Final Four. We're gonna make ridiculously expensive expensive investments. We're gonna take a blank check approach because the you know sports are, are our pickup truck you know to Detroit. Or what is pickup trucks to Detroit? Sports is to broadcast television. However, at the end of the day, it's the deepest pocket. And Bezos, is, Bezos has got the deepest pocket in the world. So look, it's just a matter of time. It's going to be huge. It's going to be another nail in the coffin. I think it'll happen around something like World Cup. It's already happening around the Premier League.
0: Well, Yeah, he's doing soccer matches. Amazon Prime are doing soccer matches in Britain, um, taking on British based broadcasters, which would be Rupert Murdoch. The company says so far the matches have set records for the most sign ups since uh, Amazon launched its Prime subscription service in the UK in 2007. So people do watch these things on these media. Sports. Maybe, Maybe.
1: They do. Yeah, maybe, you know,
0: maybe there's going to be a shift in the way, just the way people shifted. No one thought broadcast television like, you know, Perfect Thursday or whatever it was called, must-see TV, would change at all, but it has completely. So what would it take for sports watching to shift, you know, not in front of the cow, you know, in a different way? Because it works with in Britain. It's working with Britain. um, but But none of these big companies have bellied up, and paid these mon- this money that Fox, NBC, and CBS has done for TV rights to games.
1: Well, and I think the leagues also recognize that, it, that they want to keep broadcast uh, television alive because it's been a huge source of income for them. My kids, my boys don't really watch sports, but one's Man City, one's Man U. They love the Premier League. They watch FC Barcelona. They're fascinated by Premier League soccer. And what, what is interesting about their TV viewing patterns is the change hasn't been around distribution. The change has been around format. They watch these kind of 30-minute, I, I don't even know what they're called, yeah. where they basically take a two-hour game and, and collapse it to 30 minutes. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's, it's coming. We're gonna see all sorts of, I think, innovation around that. I think it's largely gonna be fueled, though, by betting. I think betting is where we're gonna see the next wave mm. of value creation in sports is these little micro bets where is it gonna be, is there gonna be this- a goal in the next, you know, uh, will there be? Will this be a pass or a running play? You can see how that could just start to take off and create a new level of addiction, a new level of engagement, and massive revenues. It'll be curious if one of the big tech guy, tech guys gets into that.
0: Which one? Okay, if you had to pick, and then we're going to get to wins and fails. But wh- which one would you pick? I, mean, you know, I don't think Netflix is going to enter here. They haven't entered news very much. You know, they've talked about it, but haven't entered anything that's not something that you go back and redo. Um, so which one? Is it Amazon? Is it Which one needs it? Apple? Be Amazon, Apple, Google, slash
1: YouTube, Facebook. Which of those four?
0: If you could look at each of them, why they might need it. Go through them really quickly.
1: Well, Facebook, I mean, the obvious one is uh, uh, YouTube because it's basically you know the largest TV network in the world. Facebook could do really interesting things around micro-targeting, and they also want to jumpstart Video um, you could see I don't think I don't for some reason. I don't think it fits the Apple brand as well I guess they could sell a lot of iPhones if they were the only one that brought you, you know the NHL or whatever it is who it will be in my view is Amazon because one they have the deep pockets Two, they have Prime which they're trying to juice and they can monetize that investment several different ways as you say um, Through people buying paper towels and prime and also it's got the key Mm -hmm. asset and the reason why they will bid on the Super Bowl is it's run by a man who's in the midst of a full-blown midlife crisis who wants to take his new girlfriend <laughs> to the Super Bowl and be the man.
0: He can go to the Super Bowl. He can like
1: – Yeah, but not the be- can... – this will be the Bezos Bowl. If he if Amazon starts broadcast, that takes it to a new level. He's yep, not only the big true. dog, he's the biggest dog. If it's, if it's the Amazon Bowl, uh, oh, that will be a God, lot of really? fun. It will be Amazon because of a midlife crisis.
0: Well, these companies
1: are run by fifty-something-year-old men. Two thirds of the decisions they make around you guys. Disney
0: just bought the Fox, so they got all those sports, right? What do they do? What what does a Disney or an NBC or CBS do?
1: Well, slowly but surely. uh, I mean, as we've said, anything with advertising, it means you're poor. They have become that you know ad-driven programming has become the tax that the technologically poor or illiterate and the poor pay. But here's the good news for these guys: there's a lot of income inequality and a lot of people who don't have the money for, you know, to buy $40 worth of, uh, you know, Apple downloadable programs for their kids. So there's broadcasts or free television, unfortunately the population for that is not going anywhere. It it things it, things always take longer to go out of business than you'll think. I think these businesses right. from an investment standpoint, I think broadcast networks will actually be a good investment because everyone including us is talking about their imminent demise. In 1999, you could buy a Blockbuster franchise for two times cash flow. And everyone knew they were going out of business, but they were around for another 13 years. So they were actually a great investment. I think Macy's right now, and I get so much shit every time I bring up the word Macy's. Macy's might be a decent stock because, yeah, Macy's is going out of business, but it's not going out of business as quickly as everyone thinks. So I think broadcast networks will absolutely go out of business, but the death is less imminent than people think. Oh speaking of a Macy's, lot is that very that was, that a, was lot. a lot. This
0: was very this is very substantive. I this is you're absolutely right. You maybe you've changed my thinking on this. I thought the uh I thought the uh, tech companies would swoop in too, and I, they have not. No. And that that's a very interesting thing. So let's go very quickly then to wins and fails. Because I again I speaking of wins, I thought that uh, SNL was very funny this week, and one of them was a Macy's ad with kids. I don't know if you saw it. I it was didn't. a very funny takeoff on those Macy's ads where families are all like wandering around smiling and laughing, and they did a great thing about how difficult it is to put clothing on children um and so it was very funny they did a great job and then the best one they did was obviously the conway marriage uh, they had scarlett johansson on the show uh, and they did a version of a marriage story with the conways and it was very funny like they are really very funny from week to week in a way that i think that's i right can't imagine it. having that much lasting power that is my win this week and my feel obviously was hallmark but they've redeemed themselves so that's mine this week what is yours
1: uh, well, so my, my, win, my win is Hallmark. <laughs> I, I they, they screwed up. They owned it. It's a great company. Um, and I liked that the CEO said.
0: Why is it a great company? Explain the great company of it for me, please.
1: Well, this is a company that sells greeting cards that by all by all standards should be out of business. I mean, if you were to look at a company 30 or 40 years ago or even 20 years ago and say, okay, what do you do? Well, we print cards and we charge two bucks for something that costs seven cents to make. And you think, well, is that company sustainable? And they've made huge... Investments in different mediums. The Hallmark Channel is arguably one of the most successful media companies of the last hundred years. By putting Aunt Becky, yeah. who's about to go to prison for ten years, on a bunch of shows talking about her husband cheating on her, and then a story of her finding more strength from these tragedies, they have sold so much, like cereal, so much cereal, so much, so many Pampers, and they have created so much shareholder value. And the the shareholders or the owners of that company have been really wonderful, generous people in a state that needs business and needs wonderful, generous, generous pe- people. Kansas, uh, University of Kansas is a fantastic school. I just like the company. I think they're smart. I think they're innovative. I think they could have gone away. They took big risks and it's a great company. So I'm more talking about the company than this instance, but they owned it. They 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 made a mistake. They owned up to it. I thought everyone that went after them showed grace and said, thank you for apologizing. People weren't like Mm-hmm. Know, trying to rub it in their face or anything. So I felt like the whole thing, and it brought some awareness that we still face this bullshit in corporate America, that people, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, a great company like this one makes just what seems like such an obvious, you know, an obvious foul or penalty. It was just a stupid thing to do. So this is still out there, people's mentality that they will do these kinds of stupid things. So on the whole, I, I just thought that I thought it played out well. Uh, so I'm, my win is Hallmark.
0: No, I don't think they're still going to be making a Hallmark movie about lesbians anytime soon. They've talked about it. The CEO has talked about that idea, but I don't see a, like a romance, like the, Budi, the like if Budajev becomes president, I don't see the Hallmark show about him and Chase meeting each other. That one, I don't, you don't see, see
1: it. that. Yeah, I don't okay. see it. Who's your loss? Oh, no, so that far. was your loss. Now, my my loss is uh, the climate summit in Madrid. Oh, yeah. Literally nothing mm. happened. <laughs> nothing. Everyone, and these are the nicest people in the world, and they were angry. These are the nicest, most politically correct people in the world, and they were, they were angry about the whole thing. So it was really, uh, um, anyways, that's, that's, that's my loss.
0: It, it's no really progress. amazing how, how no problem. Like, the U.S. isn't involved. I mean, we just pulled out, and that was the end of that. You know what I mean? If, if us and the Chinese are not involved, speaking of it's which, not gonna it's, not gonna go it's not, not going to go anywhere. Not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. We're going to be like, well, none of this that we discuss will matter. You realize that, of course.
1: You think it's going to happen that fast? You think, what, 20, 30 years? Yeah, I
0: do. I think it's like that movie, my favorite movie of all time, which is the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Dennis Quaid.
1: Oh, the one where it just gets crazy cold?
0: (laughs) Yes. I love that movie and Jake Gyllenhaal. Crazy
1: cold. I like the one with the train. I like Exactly. Oh God! There's this That's, amazing movie with uh, uh, Tilda Swinton about this. What was it called? The train that has to roam the earth, and we tried to fix global warming, and we fixed it too oh, much, yeah. and the world gets too cold. That's a wonderful movie. I gotta find the
0: name of that yeah. film. I like all those apocalypse movies. I'm like I'm in an apocalyptic tone right now, uh, but uh, but but I like them all anyway. All right, predictions, Scott. Do you have any predictions from the Caribbean? Except that you're gonna be lounging around on yachts and eating foie gras. Why are you in St. Barth? Why are you there? I'm here. I stay in the same place. Do you, want, do
1: you know why the dog goes to St. Barthes?
0: Why? Yes, because I'd he like can,
1: Kara. Because he can. The but question really, is, why is isn't everybody here? It's wonderful here. I'm All literally right. staring out my window. There's looking a at snow
0: day here. There's like snow days in parts. I think there's a snow uh, day in one. I' York. New York is just cold here. But wait, you're just there. You're just hanging out. You're gonna. There's no.
1: What, i'm not Other allowed reason? to vacation
0: <laughs> don't you <laughs> live in florida Actually, isn't it cold you're, Is it, in, you're always on vacation you're always in some s- caribbean place with flip-flops wandering around or i'm something.
1: sick of being stereotyped as a professor everyone thinks i'm at home in my cardigan petting my labrador watching pbs with a pipe in my mouth occasionally the dog no, gets no out. one thinks
0: that nobody thinks that Scott.
1: occasionally they let him out of his crate occasionally he don't, goes out. everyone my thinks you're in
0: a bar in a bar like pontificating to people in your NYU. But listen to me, accurate. what's your prediction speaking of pontification?
1: Uh, so just as I said last week, and I've got a lot of emails uh, when I said that yeah. uh, porn is the greatest experiment with unknown outcomes uh, is being levied yeah. on our, our populace. Um, I think we're going to hear about Apple in China. As soon as the uh, the headline oh. news and the noise around the tariffs, if at some point it goes away. The only big tech company that's been able to make any real or sustain inroads in China has been Apple because of its luxury status, but also I wonder I wonder what I think Apple in China is going to come up a lot, because I wonder what has gone on in terms of their supply chain, in terms of privacy. And Tim tows a pretty like, not I'm want to call it indignant, but a pretty righteous tone around his activities and he's used it to his advantage. And I wonder what kind of deal with China he has struck. And I think we're gonna start hearing more uncomfortable things about what China has had to do to stay um, to stay uh, as relevant and sell as many iPhones. I think there's no free lunch over there. I think a company that big is probably, um, huh. is. Uh, we're gonna hear Apple and China in the news more in 2020, and it's not gonna be good for Apple.
0: Okay, meaning that they are doing th-
1: I just don't think anyone what? I don't think anyone is over there and doesn't have to kind of comply with what yes. the Chinese government wants and and when yeah. you have a phone and you have data I just I I find it hard to believe that Apple has been able to hold hold their phones and their data and their privacy to the same standards in China as they at least claim to in other parts of the world. I have no evidence oh, of this. It's a oh, yeah. thesis. Yeah. But I think mm. in 2020, we're going to start hearing uncomfortable stories about what Apple has had to do to maintain – because they're over a barrel. If they – China is is now – I mean, it's just such an important market for them. And the Chinese government, yeah. they are very smart, and they're going to get their pound of flesh. Now, how that pound of flesh is manifesting itself, I don't know if it's – we're going to find well, out. Well,
0: there that. was that story, the Bloomberg story that the that, uh, that Apple pushed back on real hard that, that sort of went sideways for Bloomberg about uh, chips being um, – you know, problematic chips and then spying and this and that.
1: And it wasn't true. But, uh, it ended up being uh, not true, just, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. But this is just more like you do this if you want to do business here or make things here, et cetera.
1: Yeah. We're, so, look, we'll see. I have no evidence A of it. Quid pro
0: quo, for example. Okay, talk, yeah. You're talking about quid pro quos. And and speaking of which, uh, my producer, this impeachment thing is just like another news story. Just like oh, it just keeps going. It doesn't like it hasn't like changed anything. In people's minds, it seems like, in the polls.
1: You don't think there's any chance that 17 Republican senators flip?
0: No, I do not think that. That is my prediction. 17, the only thing that's slightly interesting is that there was a push to have Justin Amash be the impeachment manager, which I would love to see.
1: Yeah, Uh, that would be interesting.
0: But no, I'm amazed by how little people are like next, next, next on really appalling things. So that's 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 what I think. I have no. I have prediction that this will it'll just bleed into the new year, pretty much. And you'll be down there in St.
1: Paul's doing whatever <laughs> you're doing. Anyway, <laughs> what's Kara Swisher got I, going on this week? Last week oh, was a very big God. week for you. I'm hoping this is a very boring Monday week. It's
0: a calm week this week. I have a yeah. lot of meetings. I'm meeting with some publishers. I'm having some meetings. I have an idea for a new idea. Uh Publisher, and you then I'm going book?
1: to San You're writing a book?
0: Yeah, maybe they I, you know they, a lot of them call me and i say no to most of them because I don't have time. Oh my God. Um,
1: they say they, but they just, all call me and I say no, says Kara Swisher. Oh, my God. Literally, did I you do. just say that? I did. It's oh factual. I don't have they time to do a book. Me.
0: I'm busy with you. Oh, yeah. This I'm trying to put time into this relationship, oh, and I cannot take time out to write a book. You'd never see me. Uh, but I'm going to talk to them. So I have an idea. I have an idea that is just germinating, and I think you will like it when I when I decide. It's not the algebra of happiness, I mean, you know, but it's, you know, uh, or the calculus of happiness. Or is that the next? Is that your, is that your sequel, The Calculus you, of you Happiness? You have so and, not
1: read my book. It's just— I mean, <laughs> my son has. Oh, that's my good. son has. Really? Both, both makes sons me feel have good. read your,
0: my book and they, your book, and they, they haven't read my book uh, books, and uh, they love your book. Oh, they love nice. your book. That they makes both me have feel it. Nice. They've read it. Thank They've you for saying that. that makes me feel it. good. Yeah, they have. I'm just telling you, they have. I think they, it, it, I don't have time to read books, Scott. I'm sorry. It's just yeah, not no, happening for Gareth Swisher. I listen to books. That's what I do. I get it.
1: Um,
0: in any case, uh, I lots of things. And then I'm going to San Francisco. Then I'm going to
1: San Francisco. What are you doing in San Francisco?
0: Uh, taking the kids there, I take them there every year and nice. uh, spending a couple of weeks doing a lot of podcasts from there, uh, right. all kinds of things. Going to go bother Mark Benioff, going to go look at Salesforce, the top of Salesforce Tower for the wedding. No, I'm not. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> I would
1: love that. Wedding he t- would do that too. He would so do that. He
0: would. I, honestly, yeah. he would. I was joking with him about it and he's like, sure, I can make it happen. I'm like, no, I'm totally kidding.
1: I just want to uh, see him. I want him to give you away just so we can see the two of you standing next to each other again. You look like a different species. When you he guys is stand a in tall FC man he's, he's a, a tall big, dude. big
0: man. He's a big, tall man just like yourself. Uh, but he's sort of – he's bigger than you. He's kind of a hulky On a of lot of dimensions,
1: but. he's much bigger than me. Kara. No, he's not
0: fat. He's like he's just big. No, he's no, a big meant, guy. He's like a <laughs> linebacker. I an
1: important like. and, and, and wealthy and oh, smart. That. And all well, that obviously, stuff. everybody who's listening everybody understands that,
0: that yeah. part of the cal- – I was trying to let, leave that unsaid. That was the silent uh, he's a mogul kind of thing. Anyway, Scott, it's time for us to go. Enjoy yep. your weekend. Thank you. We'll be back uh, uh, on Friday. We just never leave each other. I, can't, <laughs> I just can't quit you. <laughs> it's too much. Uh, with more tech – There's a lot going on this week with the impeachment and stuff like that. We'll be talking about that, I think. Um, But meanwhile, you can reach us by using hashtag pivot podcast.
1: We're desperate for your affirmation. Let us know what you think about two times a week. Is it one plus one equals three or is it one plus one? Get the fuck out of my ears already. What is it? Feedback. Email us at pivot at voxmedia.com.
0: Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Erica Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Rebecca Castro and Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business.